0: Hey y'all, Lisa DeVille here. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Life is Good podcast, where I give everyday women a platform to share their stories and perspectives on life. We talk about struggles, hardship, and perseverance that happens in real life every day in homes just like yours all over the world. I've always felt the need to spread good news, and sometimes that good news happens through hard circumstances. Being an Enneagram type 7, I tend to look for the light at the end of the tunnel and a deeper meaning to life's hard times. So join me as I join with others to express the goodness of God throughout tough stories and tough seasons. All right, for my next guest today, I'm going to be interviewing Kelly Yadeley. She spoke recently at my Mops group, and I wanted to have her come on here and share a little bit about her personal journey. Kelly is an entrepreneur, speaker, and owner of Let Kelly, a housekeeping and organizing business. She has been sharing and emceeing for women's groups and business communities and organizations in Austin for over 15 years. Her desire is to help inspire women to manage their lives while pursuing their passions. She started her company, Let Kelly, in 2009 and now has 30 employees and services over 700 clients monthly. Well, that is up until recently when she chose to close because of the COVID-19 virus. Kelly has lived in Austin for 23 years, enjoys working out, writing, salsa dancing, and reading, and is a single mom to her super talented 17-year-old daughter, Carly. Welcome, Kelly. How are you today? (laughs) Hey, Lisa. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm so excited to have you as my guest today.
1: Thank
0: you. Yeah. So um, part of the reason why I wanted to have you as a guest was I heard you speak at Mops and I just really thought that you are a story of, you know, building a company kind of from the ground up, of building a business from the ground up as a single mom and um, just your heart for women and moms in the trenches and just giving them ideas, you know, of how to kind of calm their brains down a little bit and organize organization and time management and all of that. So. I just wanted to um, kind of rewind a little bit. Can you walk us through those first days and weeks of becoming a single mom? Absolutely. First of all, I just, I
1: want to thank you so much for having me. This is just such a fun thing. I'm so excited for your podcast. I'm so proud to be one of the first people that you're interviewing. And um, I'm just excited to see where your podcast goes and takes, because I think it's the right time for a voice like yours to be out there. Well, so thank, you thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being a single mom was nothing what I had ever planned or wanted for my life. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, as a little girl, plan that. Or, or being divorced. And yeah. um, when when I first uh, left her dad, um, it was I was a single mom. I was a stay-at-home mom, excuse me. And um, we had just moved. To San Antonio because he had lost his job and found a new job in San Antonio. We were in, living in Austin, moved to San Antonio. We were there for about a month when our marriage just crumbled. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I moved my daughter and I back to Austin and um, got a job. One of my girlfriends. I was working in the apartment leasing community and um, there was a position open at her apartment community. So I got a job there leasing apartments and got us a discount on a small one bedroom, teeny tiny apartment. That's helpful. Very helpful um, to have a community and a job and a place to live all at once. Mm -hmm. So um, we immediately went from, you know, me being, full-time stay-at-home mom to working and, you know, alternating, um, taking care of her on the weekends and then having her in daycare. So it was quite an abrupt adjustment for all of us. And um, it was, it was um, emotional and um, rough and um, financially challenging And Mm -hmm. I remember um, getting her dad used to having her, you know, taking care of her, the whole thing was really, really quite a challenge. And then, and stepping away and Mm -hmm. allowing him to get used to that and allowing him to make mistakes and, you know, build that relationship with her that he hadn't had, Um, have her come back to me, you know, with diaper rashes or not having been bathed or you know, whatever Aww. you know, because he wasn't, you know, used to having a full time job and taking care of a full mm-hmm. a child, you know, in the evening, in the morning, and everything. Yeah. So, um, we got our feet under us, um, and the the job um, took off for me. I did well there, and then finally decided. Um, a few years later to start looking for jobs that I was a little bit more qualified for and got into yeah. full-time sales um, and got, you know, a little bit more into my field. And so things got a little bit easier as the finances and the the jobs kind of grew for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So. so during that time, did you kind of have in the back of your head, you know, like, wanting to be your own boss and work for yourself, was that always a dream of yours or was it something that kind of developed later on over time?
1: It, it always was a part of who I was. And before I came to UT to go to school, I started a Mary Kay business um, when I was 19 and ran with that business up until my daughter was born. And then I kind of hit oh, okay. like postpartum lumps. And so I stopped working that business for a little while. Um, but I was gung ho in the Mary Kay world and, um, loved all the training and teaching and coaching that I got, um, and the leadership and everything that was amazing. So that gave me like the, the actual feel of what I wanted to do. um, yeah. And like kind of,
0: and in, in that too, you kind of get the experience of being self motivated, and kind of coming up with a, a schedule and the way you want to run things. And so that does give you that experience.
1: Yeah, and I, I had my business through college. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, odd for me to get up in the morning, put a full face of makeup on and an outfit, you know, go, go to some classes, do some you know, trainings or a Mary Kay facial, and then wait tables at night, go home and then do the whole thing. So that was very normal Mm -hmm. for me to have that type of um, schedule that I, you know, full force, you know, 14 hour days were something that was normal in my world, as a lot of college you know, you're piecing it together um, as you're going. So it was, it was very, very fun. I loved, I learned so much. And I always wanted to have my own business. I never knew you know, what it was going to be, God just put it on my heart very young that I wanted to own businesses as I got older.
0: Yeah. So being in an organizational type of business, one question I had was, are you always, were you always kind of clean and organized? Or is it just something that you consciously make a choice to be? (laughs) Um.
1: So I'm not like the epitome of like organizing and cleaning. It wasn't like the example, like, oh, I'm clean and organized. So therefore I'm going to start this business. That wasn't like, right. that wasn't it. Um, <laughs> um, Cause I'm, I'm a very real person. If you look at my house now, it's, it's very real. Um, it, it's more <laughs> my heart for women and, and wanting to, um, love and support and help women um that really drove yeah. that part of my business um i've always been neat and organized and clean both my um my dad and stepmom who raised me um my dad was military so we had a very you know way to live and everything was put away and um my my stepmom was very clean and um so is my biological mom so maybe you know nature versus nurture who knows but yeah i think it's yeah. part of who i am but um I definitely am not like the gold standard. <laughs> yeah. I'm very much like it's okay to be, you know, normal and you know, yeah, not vacuum your house every other day. And, you know, so yeah. we don't clean the closets out every year, maybe every other year, <laughs> you know. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So what were you, what were you take us to the time when you started this business? Like what prompted that and how did that get going? Oh my goodness. So
1: I was in sales and I had moved my way up in sales, different, gotten different jobs and I was in medical sales and, um, had a, had a great job with home healthcare company and it was 2009 and I got fired. Um, Oh, there were a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to go into that. I don't think it
1: was real fair, but anyway, um, it, it it went down. Um, It's never a surprise when you get fired typically in the corporate world. So the three or four months leading up to the actual day of getting fired, I knew what was coming. And so I just started stockpiling my cash and charging everything. And so when the last month was coming, I was like, okay, I've got to do something. And so I started talking to people about what my skills and my talents were and what I was available and what was on my heart and what my passions were. And so it just really Mm kind of came to this like concierge kind of, you know, really help women in the home. I love working directly like person to person, like women to businesses. It's not the the B2B business to business sale is not exciting to me. So mm. making a, you know, a difference for a family or a woman, you know, you just, you impact a whole community when you do that. So, yeah. um, I, um, I was, I was talking with a girlfriend one night. I remember it very distinctly. It was late in the evening and I was on the phone with her and I was like, you know, I'd clean houses if I knew it would help women help one woman. And, um, it would make a difference and make money while I was, you know, away from my daughter during the day. And my girlfriend said, "Well, why don't you?" And I was like, "That's a great question." And yeah, <laughs> my my ego immediately is, you know, I'm a college graduate, you know, and I, you know, I'm fancy, and I, you know, coming from the medical sales, you you get wine and dine pretty well, and you wine and dine yeah. people, and so it's very 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 flashy and fancy, and wear suits all the time and everything, and. To go and mm-hmm. think of cleaning houses and um, organizing closets that are not usually, you know, super dust free um, was, you know, just kind of a blow to, to all the things that I thought that I was in that moment. And then yeah. I, and I thought, I just got to put that aside. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if that's really what it is that I want to go to, I kind of had the vision that I would do the work. I didn't have capital to get started. So I thought, you know, I'll yeah. go in and do the work myself until I can build up the capital to hire people, build the staff and build it up. And mm-hmm. and I, I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm I'm happy to do the work for a year or two, physically go and do the work for a year or two. And then um, that w- that was my goal to get out of the actual
0: job doing the work. And I did. Yeah, yeah I did. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's making me think about kind of what we're going through right now. You know, like there's women and men out there who are in the corporate world and they're not going to work every day. And so there's these people probably sitting at home thinking, what have I always really wanted to do? And they're thinking, I want to work with my hands. I want to be creative. I want to be helpful. I want to, you know, and so there might be a whole slew of people coming up yeah. in the next few months, the next couple of years that are starting businesses and doing stuff like that, because it's a, it's a passion and a drive to do something for a greater reason than just wearing the suit and, you know, being a college grad and doing it because that was my degree. And, you know, and so I feel like that's a good change that's going to be taking place. And I think it'll take a lot of pressure off of, future generations too that are you know have desires and entrepreneurial spirits and they want to follow those so I really I think that's awesome that you listened to that and you followed that and went after it thank you You yeah I mean if I
1: wouldn't if I wouldn't have gotten fired I don't know if I would be here where I am today
0: because I was a single
1: mom and even my my lovely sweet caring stepmom who who loved me so much, um, would say, are you sure this is a good idea? You know, because I could have easily Mm -hmm. gone to another company and gotten, you know, a very similar job, very similar pay and, and kept on going. And that just didn't feed my soul. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an opportunity, a time of opportunity right now, because people are getting, you know, thrown into, situations that they never would have had this whole coronavirus thing not jumped into our world
0: yeah so what was the hardest part of starting a business being a single mom I think what a lot of women
1: are going through right now with kids at home trying to do homeschooling and working full-time from home for me Mm -hmm. it's I have like I had, I still do kind of, but I've gotten. We, we're now doing online school for the third year in high school, mm. so it's 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 definitely gotten better. But wh- back then, um, I had like my mom brain, where mm-hmm. you know she worked. I, I you know I did all the working, and I you know had this focused mentality. And then I had, I that was my working brain, and then I had my mom brain, where you know I could. Pay attention to her, 100% focus, and we cooked and we cleaned and we did nighttime and we did all these routines. And we got up and we went to school, so I had two separate ways of being. I had mom and I had worker Kelly, and so yeah, when I was working from home, you know, starting my business, it I had to like in the evenings I had to turn off working Kelly faster, like because when you're running your own business, you you work all the time. I mean, 17 hour days were normal. Yes. So mm-hmm. I just learned to block time for myself and for her. So in the evenings, you know, we would have dinner time or I would, you know, put my phone down so I could do her bedtime routine with her and then go back to, you know, the admin work or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think just kind of separating those parts of my brain are kind of having them work together was really some of the hardest stuff is being a woman and a mom in the beginning. Mm
0: -hmm. Looking back now, can you see a time during that early stage and even just before you started this business of God, just like clearly providing for you unexpectedly or coming through, you know, in times where you were just maybe behind or I don't know, I was just thinking like, Is there any moment in particular that you can think of where you were like, wow, that was, that was God, you know, making this happen? Absolutely.
1: I mean, I have, I've had conversations with people just, just in the last week who have kind of resurfaced in my life. Um, I've had just people along the way, like um, year two and three of my business, I, didn't have a lot of money to pay myself because I was putting so much money into the Mm -hmm. business. And so we were, I mean, broke. And I remember, you know, people, there's a couple people that come straight to mind that would, I I had a friend of mine buy me tires for my car. I had another, we had a a teacher, one of Carly's teachers, bring us Thanksgiving dinner, you know, like, Aww. just showing up and, like, humbling to me to my knees, you know, just uh, yeah. overwhelmingly blessed. And I'm just like, God, how am I going to get through this next day? How are we going to get to this next week? And it would yeah. always show up. And I had um office manager at the time. Um, she would call me Nextel, N-E-X-T-E-L. It was like a <laughs> type of walkie-talkie phone system back then.
0: Uh-huh, and so yeah.
1: she would say, you know, Hey, we need payroll. We need, you know, such and such by this Friday. And I'd be like, okay, we're going to do it. She's and, and literally like the day before she's like, we not only have that money, but we have that money to the penny. How did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. It oh, just man. always happens. Like God is always there and yeah. I pray and I get down on my knees and I would just, you know, beg God for guidance. And she was, she was always Mm -hmm. like, what, what just happened? Like, how did that happen? I mean, time and time (laughs) again, she was like, do you have like a direct line to this guy? I'm like, apparently (laughs) he listens to me.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about the organization factor about all of this. So you like to give tips and tricks to moms about, you know, different ways that they can organize and have time management. Um, what are some things that you want women to take away when you speak um, about this? What, what are some major like key points that you would hope that a young mom would take away?
1: Right now in the specifically what we're going with through with the coronavirus um, and also just through this time with society, there's a lot of pressure put on young moms uh, to be perfect
0: oh, and mm-hmm.
1: to have these like beautiful babies with the bow in the hair and the matching outfits and the whole deal. There's so much pressure for that. And yeah. I want women to hear that your child needs you. Mm-hmm. God put you in this child's life and this child in your life. This connection is so important. All that other stuff is fun and exciting. And if you have the time and the energy and the money to do it, go for it. Knock it out of the park. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, start small. Like really get to know your baby's laugh. And, yeah. you know, really share time together and enjoy that. And if you if you snap some photos and they're adorable and you put them on Instagram, awesome. You know, if you're you you got a label maker and you want to rock it out in their closet, go for it. <laughs> you know, but right now just sorting things things in having a place for stuff so you don't constantly have to spend time trying to find stuff. You know, keep that that organization milestones and goals. You know, all Mm -hmm. the the Pinterest life and all those, the fancy containers and baskets and home decor and all that stuff. It's just not important as Mm -hmm. it is the relationship that you have with your husband and your children and yourself and more importantly, God. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we, we lose so much when we're trying to give the world a a view of what, what our family looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've struggled with that too. You know, I, I am not naturally organized. And so when I see people that are, it makes me feel like I'm failing a little bit. And so, you know, I love Pinterest. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I love being creative and I love doing projects and I love that kind of stuff. But when i see the the photos of the perfectly put together houses and the and the matching baskets and i i go in my kids rooms and i'm like well that's an old diaper box full of 3t clothes that i'm <laughs> saving for my 2 year old daughter and it says 3t girls on the side but it's an old diaper box and it's not yeah. cute but mm-hmm. it's my way of organizing and so you said that when you were speaking at mops, like, and I, and it just made me feel better, you know, yeah. that you were like, if you've got to throw it in an old box and right on the side, that's being organized. Like if you know where it is and you have a system, then that's what matters. Not this beautiful closet that looks immaculate all the time, because that's just not real life, especially yeah. for people who are just don't have that gift. People who do, that's awesome. You know, it's, that's one of their strengths, but for people who don't it could make them feel you know like they're not measuring up in just another area of motherhood.
1: Yes. And
0: and just letting go of that. I mean that pinterest perfect I don't know. It's just
1: yeah, we all crazy. feel inadequate as mothers and as humans, I mean as yeah, women. Anyway. <laughs> that yeah, we like walk into life feeling that way. And so yeah. like comparing ourselves to other women and you know filling ourselves with pictures and ideal ideologies of what this is supposed to look like doesn't do us any good Mm -hmm. it just makes us feel bad you know I think you know the best thing you can do for yourself in the morning is start your day with prayer and meditation and make your bed
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I've been making my bed and it really just makes me feel like my bedroom is like a I don't know, a, an escape, like a, it is so <laughs> it's like, powerful. Oh, yeah. my bed is so nice. And I care a little, like if yeah. I don't make it, it makes me feel sloppy. And growing up, I was always like, why do I need to make my bed? I'm just going to lay in it tonight anyway. <laughs> but really it does something for my brain. It, it makes my brain feel a little less like I'm behind. And I don't know why. I really don't know why.
1: It really does. It starts um, your day off with the bang, and then when you get into bed, is. you just you feel like you've accomplished something. If it was just that one thing, and you know the mm-hmm. Navy SEAL that did the commencement speech a few years ago, and um, I've listened to that a few times, and I just love it. It's just it's it's powerful. And you know, there's days when I don't make my bed, um, but those are few and far between because I just love the power that that one little piece makes your room put together. And then mm-hmm. from there you can start your day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you did say something about when you were speaking at MOPS about throw pillows, <laughs> and that made me laugh. Like <laughs> that cracked me up.
1: The days of our lives <laughs> that we have we have put thrown away by putting the seventeen pillows on our bed. On
0: <laughs> the husbands are rolling their it's eyes. Just another thing. <laughs> Yes, it reminds me of that scene in the movie, Along Came Polly, yes. where he's like, what? Yes. What is? Why do, I, exactly. why do I have all these? And like, just starts like, I don't know what he does. Does he stab them and throw like feathers everywhere? I don't remember. But that's what it makes me think of when I'm like, why do people have so many throw pillows? You throw them on the floor when you get into bed so they get all dirty. I mean, if you don't sweep and vacuum every day, they're going to get something on them. And then you put them back on your bed. I don't get it. <laughs> It's not for me. I have I have like two throw pillows I put on my bed just because I'm like there's a big empty space at the top when I just like make my bed. So I'm like, they're oh, they're pretty. but that's it. That's it. <laughs> two. Yeah. And they don't make it on my bed every day. They really don't. Um so people are super into Marie Kondo and her show and yeah. um so tell me what, what do you think about the Marie Kondo method?
1: I am definitely a Marie Kondo fan. Um, I read her book yeah. right before I went through the whole Dave Ramsey baby step money makeover. Mm. Highly recommend oh, it in that yes. order. Her first and then him. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, then him. <laughs> um, and I, I really love that she makes you stop and think. And I think a lot of us you know, we do retail therapy, and we walk into Target with a basket and automatically spend $100. And, you know, it's, we we get stuff to fill a void, mm. you know, or to, to try to make things look pretty or whatever, when we don't really need it. So, yeah. you know, cutting down on what comes into your house, and then looking really diff- hard at what you have, and does it really bring you joy? Is it really something that you need? And yeah. um, it it was powerful for for us. I um had us living in a, twenty two hundred square foot house, and w- during the Dave Ramsey money makeover, figured out you know, and it was a time when we didn't need to live in the area we were living. So I was able to downsize this into a twelve hundred square foot apartment, no garage, no storage, and through Marie Kondo's plan. Um, along with Dave Ramsey having us sell half of our stuff.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. um,
1: <laughs> we were able to comfortably move in to this small apartment, which we still live in and adore and am so grateful for. And it's kept our expenses low, especially now doing during this uncertain times with finances, it feels comfortable.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm a high, mm-hmm. I'm a huge
1: fan of hers and I love her books. They're very easy to read and um i haven't watched her shows i think i've watched maybe
0: two. Oh, um, i love her yeah. show she's so sweet she's uh-huh. so precious yeah. like watching her i'm just like how is she real <laughs> like, like she just seems like this mm-hmm. little yes like fairy yeah. doll and she's just like walks around just like she's floating and i don't know anyway she's adorable but i i watched that show last year and i watched like The whole series and like oh my goodness, I I should
1: watch more. I bet I love it. I I do
0: things like this. No, I yeah, it it was good. So like I would have it on, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna throw all my clothes onto my bed while I watch this, and I threw all my clothes in my because that's what she does, you know, you put every single thing. You're like, oh my gosh, so I got all my PJs. (laughs) Yes, it's like stupid the amount of and it's nauseating kind of. And so I threw all of my clothes on my bed and I started to do it and I was like none of like almost half of my stuff didn't spark joy but then I was like well I kind of need like I I need some of this so I have to keep you know some pj pants because they're comfortable they don't really make me happy but if I throw out the pj pants that don't make me happy then I'm going to not be sleeping in anything (laughs) (laughs) so I was like well I gotta like realistically keep something and so she yeah I got rid of a lot of stuff when i was watching that Congratulations. i went through my kitchen. that's so i mean good. it was really nice but i feel like i'm always purging and yeah, it's never it's enough constant. like yes it's, it's, and i'm just it's like it's just a
1: way of living like to to just uh, keep going through things and because the children are aging and we're changing and you know yeah everything uh, just uh, life continues to flow so if you just constantly have a bag in your closet for donations or you know for friends or whatever you just constantly just oh that doesn't work anymore as a stain as a spot I don't like it anymore it's stretched Mm -hmm. out whatever you just constantly
0: get rid of stuff you know yeah so what are some like simple little steps that someone can take if they're like completely unorganized they lose their keys every day they don't have a spot for like you know shoes or a purse or like what are some things that you could suggest for someone who's just kind of a scatterbrain when it comes to like the the little
1: things,
0: (laughs) the little things.
1: Yeah. It's, I really like to focus on the intention of our lives. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, (laughs) you think, oh no, I want to talk about organizing. Yeah. And you've got to bring it back to what you want. What is the focus? Of your life? Where do you want your life headed? Where are you going? You know, what do you want to look back on and say, I've got this done for my family? What's important? And if you're constantly yeah. losing things, if you're constantly scatterbrained or whatever, is life moving too fast? Do you have too many things going on? You know, it's, you want to look at things that are important to you and, and figure that out. And yes, you know, having a key for, having, you know, a hook for your keys and, you know, a place where you, you drop off your purse and, um, those things are really important. And, and right now, you know, taking your shoes off when you walk in the door is, is very important for your health. So, um, Mm -hmm. there's things that can help along the way. Um, if we stop and think of what our intention for our life is, and th- that's why I love the Marie Kondo thing, because it really makes you stop and look at everything that you have, because you can't organize chaos. You know, yeah, you just can't. <laughs> You've got too much stuff. You know, I've had clients that are like, oh, you know, come help me organize. I'll leave you the key. You know, how about Friday? You I'll be at work. It'd be great. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't. I can't yeah. organize your kitchen if you you and I can't work together and figure out how we're going to get, move, and declutter some of this stuff so there's space. Yeah.
0: And how you actually function and move right. around in your kitchen. Like that's important for you to yeah, know. Yeah. You've got to be a part
1: you of it. You don't want to put
0: something in a place that they don't ever go to or think about going to to right. grab something. And so, yeah, and that makes sense. The flow
1: of your house is really important. If you always go in the laundry room and the mud room, don't put the place where you want your keys by the front door yeah this is making sense so so you have to like think of you know and and for me when i'm leaving like i have a little space where i put things when i'm walking out the door um and then there's days like this morning i was leaving for an errand and i was supposed to put something out that somebody was going to pick up and i walked right by it (laughs) my way up oh
0: gosh I do that all the time so it's just
1: like being present I was like oh my gosh where was my Mm -hmm. brain this morning and you know of course right now is like an uncertain time we we don't have our normal routines and stuff so um it is a little bit harder right now and we need to give ourselves a lot of grace and we need to be very very kind to ourselves and each other because we're not in our normal situation, our normal routine, we all have a lot of fear, you know, pumping through our, our bodies and our families right now. So now's not a good time to try to
0: implement new systems. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, so yeah, I guess speaking of being kind to to yourself and being intentional and all those things. So let's talk about your choice to give up alcohol for the year 2020. You (laughs) mentioned that when you were speaking at MOPS and that really resonated Uh, with me (laughs) because I have, I'm also not drinking anymore. And so when you said that, I was like, Ooh, like it perked my ears up because I was just like, okay, her and I can kind of, maybe we've got something in common. I want to talk to her about this because it was like, you know, that's important for me. So I just wanted to hear what led to that choice? I
1: think God has a really good sense of humor. That this year of the pandemic is the year that I chose to give up alcohol. Yeah, um, God, God's like, yeah, try this mm-hmm. one on, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you can say so, sober it. right you now. Can you can stay sober anytime. I don't care what's and going on. Um, I, I'm,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, no, I <laughs> <So> promise.
1: <laughs> it's been something that's been kind of coming up for me the last two, three, four years, I mean, it's kind of gradually gotten a bit more in the front of my brain, um, just because every every social piece of life comes with drinking, you know, whether it's a, you know, a brunch with yeah. the girls, or a happy hour for dinner, for work, or a dinner for work, or a lunch for mm-hmm. whatever, I mean, it's, or a date night, or, you know, it's just all alcohol, and um, there's... Yes it, it was just, for me, it's, I'm very social, I like to network a lot for work. And um, so it was starting to like, every day be something. And um, I never yeah. drank a lot. Uh, or I didn't, I m- usually didn't drink a lot. There were times when I'd have more than, you know, two or three drinks, but it was very rare, usually just one or two drinks. Um, but I didn't mm-hmm. like the way it made me feel um, in the moment, um, or the next yeah. day. And this past December, like the 20th or so of December, I um, was battling an infection and had to start an antibiotic. And I went to the pharmacy mm-hmm. and the, doc- the the pharmacist looked at me like kind of straight in my face and was like, are you sure you want to do this right now? And I was like, what? And he goes, you realize for nine days, no alcohol with this particular prescription. And I looked at him and I was like... I was like, I was like, I took it very personally. I was like, "What? you, what, what? you know a, me? kind like, of a weird thing you? to say?" And I just realized, like, the in- yeah, the reason he was being so intense is no, he didn't know me. It was just December. Yeah, like, I w- we were right in the middle of the holidays, and he was like, "This will hurt you. It, you hurt your body if you do alcohol and this medicine at the same time. The liver yeah. just can't process both." And and I looked at him and I said, "I can do this." I said, I'm fine. And, um, yeah, but it made me realize just how big of an issue it is with our society that.
0: Yeah. So for the pharmacist to be like, like, Hey,
1: like I'm I'm serious, (laughs) this isn't like a joke here. And so it gave, I, I started the medicine and it gave me a reason to say, no, I'm not drinking. You know, and if someone pushed, I was like, "No, I'm taking medicine." Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it just gave me a reason, which was really what I wanted. I needed something to say no. So, um, and I was kind of yeah. thinking of giving up alcohol for like January, like Dry January. And I was like, "Oh, maybe I can do it for January and Lent, like get it all the way to Easter." And I was like, "Kelly, you just yeah. wanted, you just don't want to yeah. drink, so let's just do 2020." So yeah. I did. I just, I threw yeah, that why there. Not? I remember saying it to um, my trainer at the time for the first time, it like actually came out of my mouth. And I, when I heard it, I was like, whoa, I just said that out loud. Yeah. And um, so I I started and it's been interesting. You know, because people, yeah, you know, oh, hey, let's grab a drink. Let's meet for a drink. And I'm like, you know, we certainly can. I'm not drinking right now. So we can either go for a coffee or we can go get a drink. I just don't you know, I just want to give you an option because I don't want to like show up and go, Oh yeah. P.S. I'm yeah. not drinking. <laughs> so I've been, you know, kind of yeah. having conversations like that. I've had friends of mine say, you know, I've been trying to give up drinking too. I notice I drink a lot or whatever. Um, and now I'm more comfortable with it. it the first January was pretty tough. January is my, also my birthday. So, um, celebrating with alcohol around my birthday was always a thing Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah no big you know blowouts or you know anything like that for me Um, it was just like a lifestyle that I was turning into that I didn't really like and it's expensive Yeah. so I was just it really is I'm like what in the heck like a vodka soda are you kidding me nine dollars I'm like no this is ridiculous i just know yeah
0: yeah yeah so there's somebody i follow a lot of um sober inspirational yeah, people on to, instagram too. just for me um because yeah because it's, nice. it's like encouraging and they have a lot of you know good things to say but one of the things was like just because you're not an alcoholic doesn't mean you can't quit drinking. Exactly, or something right? like that. And it was like yeah. you don't you don't have to be just an alcoholic drinking. to say I don't want alcohol in yeah, my life yeah. anymore. Not you don't even have to have a severe yeah. problem with it. But you can just say it's not serving me. It's not adding value to my life. And you can just be done. Like just be like I don't want it anymore, and that's okay. Like giving yourself permission to say I'm I don't want yeah. it anymore. And it just is freeing to know that you don't really have to have a deep down crazy meaning for it. You can just be like, eh, let's, let's just, you know, not have it anymore and just see how it benefits my life. And it really, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't look at the day before and go, man, I really wish I drank yesterday. (laughs) Like I don't ever have that moment, you know, (laughs) like. I would have many moments where I would wake up the next day and go, dang it. I wish I would not have drank yesterday. And those moments happen way more often than, man, I really miss alcohol right now. Like that, that feeling comes and goes. And it's so quick and fast that it's like the next day is so much better.
1: (laughs) I've had two days, these in these three months where I, two different days where I was like, okay, tonight would be a great day where I would want a glass of wine or I'd want to drink. Um, yeah. And one of them I, I journaled about. And by the time that I got to the end of the second page of journaling, the the feeling had passed. Like I wrote about my feelings. And I talked about my feelings because my daughter was away with her dad. And <clears throat> it was triggering like all of the emotions because she's going to leave for college soon and all that. And, and so I was just like drowning in emotions and yeah. just sad. And, uh, you know, just very Mm -hmm. just having a lot of emotions and I wanted to numb all those emotions and so I I, I journaled and I cried and I talked about my emotions and then poof 45 minutes later I was like okay that feeling has passed I was just like oh okay
0: yes it really does it really does pass and it feels so much better when you get to the other side of that feeling um so Anyways, awesome. I'm just glad that we have this in common because it's, you know, I, I feel like I'm alone a lot in the way I feel about this. But yeah, it's just nice to talk to you about yeah, it because I think, because I like, think oh, we're good. Yeah. More
1: of us talking about it and making it okay is, is gonna start I've seen it changing a little bit in our society.
0: More people are talking about Yeah, they're starting to call it yes. like sober curious. And there's these people yeah. that are sober curious and they don't necessarily have a problem with alcohol. They're just like, well, yeah. maybe I don't want it, you know? So something else I remember you saying when you were speaking at MOPS was you were talking about how when Paul talks about being single, um, it he talks about it like he's single. He's chosen to be single on purpose. Like it helps him be more focused on his mission and um, anyways, you kind of mentioned that you feel like you are kind of being called to be single during this time of your life. Yeah. It's, um,
1: it's been an interesting time because I have been divorced. I've been, I was actually married again, brief for a brief moment after I divorced um, my daughter's dad. Um, so I've been, I've been single since 2007. And I just ask, god on a regular basis to you know please reveal to me why i'm here yeah and um i was helping with a single women's conference a year and a half ago and was talking to one of the singers on the phone and she said to me she said you know god likes to have you know single people as part of his leadership because you can focus on him And you can focus Mm -hmm. on providing his voice to his people. And wow, that hit me. Yeah. Yeah, That hit me. And so I have time to minister and care to my staff and women and friends and um, loved ones that I probably wouldn't have if I was married. Yeah. So... I don't choose necessarily. Right. To be single. Um, I would prefer to be um, married and partnered up um, right now. Um, I think yeah. the only choosing part is for me right now is that I have definitely decided to wait until I find a match for me that I know God has chosen and is right. Like I, I will not um, just get married again to get married. So
0: yeah. That's probably the only choosing yeah. part
1: of I I have. <laughs> but yeah, God is uh, Yeah, he's He's definitely taking his time choosing a partner for me, that's for sure. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, that's awesome that you have that perspective though of just, you know, kind of having this understanding that this there's a reason for this. And um, I don't know, I always think of Esther whenever she her response, you know, is just like I've chosen for a time like this, you know, and right now you are spending this time, you know, building your company and raising your daughter and focusing solely on her and, you know, your business. And so I feel like that does make you hyper sensitive to the needs of those things and also to the needs of the women that you're trying to reach out to. So I do think that's awesome that you have that perspective.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And I'm, I'm very grateful that, um, God has put the women, the mentors in my life. I, you know, I have a lot of beautiful, powerful, you know, talented women that, that I call on to, to give me advice and they, you know, just pour into me and I'm just so grateful for that. So it's, there will be a time and I'm kind of, you know, I don't know about women with quarantine with their husbands. God bless all of (laughs) y'all. So
0: You know? It's like I'm only used to being you home like 16 hours a week. This is a lot
1: (laughs) So maybe God's blessing me there, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So something else I wanted to ask you about because it takes a lot of drive to do what you do. So does growing up as an Air Force brat did that prepare you for the life that you're living now and your career?
1: I would say that it gave me an interesting perspective on life for sure. You know, as you're growing up moving, we did seven cross country moves when I was a kiddo and it definitely allows you to walk into, learn to walk into a room and, you know, be yourself. Like you, you just show up and you're, you know, you have to be comfortable being yourself and then making friends, you know, wherever you go. And, um, learning a new city and learning new things starting new things like it's very i'm very comfortable mm-hmm. um trying things you know because it's it's just like oh this is a new place no big deal i'll just figure it out as i go um yeah i also learned how to pack um <laughs> how to pack unpack stay organized throughout that whole process um you know keeping track yeah. of you know laundry and towels and kitchen spices and stuff because when you get somewhere you still got to cook and eat and shower and right um, I can set up a kitchen with my eyes shut <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. and I was not we didn't grow up in a military family but we moved I lived in probably between 10 and 13 houses oh my goodness growing up my girl yeah my parents were but we lived, we lived in the same area mostly. So I, I was still in a familiar place. So it was like Round Rock, Georgetown, Pflugerville, Wahlberg, like all of that area. Um, Ten houses. kind of, yeah, we bounced around a lot. Yeah. We would move every couple of years. And, yeah. um, so I, I know, I know what you mean about the packing yeah. and, uh, be, being good at that and knowing what you need right when you get to a house. So, Yes, I, I I feel yeah on that. Yeah, one.
1: you got your top five boxes. You got to know where they are. Like yeah, when you show up, you got to yeah. know where the soap is.
0: <laughs> toiletries, toiletries. Gotta- yeah, like where, where's the bread? <laughs> I need my milk. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. So something else I wanted to ask you about too. You know you talk about time management as being an important part of organization and just staying organized. And, um, and, but you also, you make time for um, training to do like marathons and stuff. So, you know, you're running your business, you're raising your daughter, you're running marathons. Like that is a time management thing. I hear so many people say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. But my thought is you make time for the things you prioritize. So that's something I wanted to ask you about. Like, how do you be super intentional about your time?
1: Yes, 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 yes. It's, I mean, life and days can get away from you. And Mm -hmm. for me, staying healthy, staying in shape um, has always been very important to me. And so that particular piece, I, um, when I, when my daughter was young and I had my business, I would pay for races, triathlons out of money that I barely had. Mm -hmm. um, So that I was (laughs) invested literally. And then, and I also had an excuse to go and train. So, you know, you, you sign up for a 5k, you can kind of do that without a whole lot of training. Most people. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you sign up for a, intermediate triathlon you can't just show up on race day like you've you've got to go put the miles in so it gave me you know motivation and inspiration to you know run while she was at ballet you know or Mm -hmm. have her stay at daycare one hour extra you know twice a week so I could get on my bike or get up earlier and jump on the treadmill um you know, or put her in daycare at the gym and go swim laps. So it just, you you find what works for your family and and go for it. So I like food prepping. Um, I don't, my mom used to cook, my stepmom used to cook every night of the week. I do not know how she did it. Um, she, well, she didn't work out. She didn't exercise. So that was probably one area. But um, so I cook, you know, one, two, maybe three nights a week, but I cook enough for 10 to 12 meals. So that's lunch and dinner. And I put it all in containers and that's what we have for lunch. And we don't mind leftovers. So we'll eat the same thing forever. So we'll eat the same thing. Um, and this whole quarantine bit, I got it down, girl. I have soup and pasta (laughs) dish in the freezer. I like put it all in quart bags. Um, I cooked so much but um so it's it's really just what's what what is a priority for you and your family and my daughter is extremely active in musical theater so she's always had um shows and a lot of rehearsal time and things so you just you have to be like thinking ahead like okay so she's at rehearsal for four hours tonight that means I can do you know an hour on the treadmill I can go to the grocery store I can come home and do laundry and then take a shower before I pick her up so I can come home and crash you know or whatever you know like yeah yeah and and then there were days when you know she's at rehearsal or whatever and I sit you know and sleep I I I loved a nap um Yeah. <laughs> so it's just having making the best use of of your time and time management. and mm-hmm. really is staying. Here's that word again: intentional. You know, with your with your life and yes. and what you want to get accomplished. And it's just doing little bits all the time. You know, I I love yeah. um, Simon Sinek. You know, he tells you know. Yeah, he he talks. I love his start with why. And he, he talks about, you know, like you go to the gym and you know you don't go to the gym one day and you come home and you're all buff and everything. Right. He goes, but, but you don't go right, to the gym for right. seven years and automatically turn into being someone that's buff. There's somewhere in between where you, you just go and yes. you get into the rhythm of it. And then there, someday you just look up and you go, oh my gosh, my house is clean because every day I do something, my house is organized because yeah. every day I put something away. You know, I'm, I'm staying a reasonable size for my height because every day I watch what I put in my mouth, you know, like, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's trying to keep a balance and there's days when you mess up and you have, like right now I'm giving myself permission of Dr. Pepper because I just love it. It's such a joy for my life. (laughs) Stressful. So I just was like, you know what, Kelly, just. Hit your Dr. Pepper on, just do it.
0: <laughs> you know we need to make space for for the things in our life too that Reach do bring it. us joy, even yes. if it's like if it's like that. So okay, I don't I don't eat eggs, I don't drink I don't drink milk. I'm not a big dairy and um, meat person, mm-hmm. but when I go to Starbucks, I don't care what they put in my drink because <laughs> it is my treat. It is a treat. It's like having an ice cream cone, like dairy go- it up like seriously I get the, what I is, whole what it milk. the caramel <laughs> okay I don't go that far because my tummy hurts <laughs>
1: <You're> like, but
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't go that far but no like they that caramel cloud macchiato mm-hmm. that came out it has like and it's like hey caution this has egg whites in it I'm like I don't care it's delicious <laughs> and I'm only having it like maybe once a month because it's like a $5 drink, and I don't buy the $5 drink. But, I mean, you've got to make space in your life for the things that no, you enjoy. True, Lisa,
1: so but
0: you just, you can't have it all the time, though. I mean, right. that's not that's not smart either. Like, you can't have five Dr. Peppers a no, day because it's Mm-mm. terrible for you. So enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy it.
1: <laughs> Get one at lunch. But Yep. Yep.
0: Yes. But, like, I feel like people are going to come out of this quarantine thing, this being trapped in their homes and they're going to be like intent. I feel like it's going to create more of an intentional mindset. Like people are going to only really spend the time doing the things that they want to do. And they're going to get rid of all the extra junk. And I, that's what I just feel like is going to happen because the conversations I've had with friends so far have been like, I miss this. I don't miss that and I miss that, but I don't miss that. And so they're realizing what they can cross out of their lives. And the things that they can either add in that they weren't doing, like right now, people are doing all these things that they haven't done in so long, because they never had the time. And so now they're like, I miss reading novels, like, I'm so loving reading novels, or, you know, I've really enjoyed my walks around the block every night, you know, and so it's like, you're going to start doing those things more, and you're going to drop off all the extra crap yeah. and so yeah, I, I feel like that's that's awesome the opportunity and I've had that conversation there
1: The opportunity for the change yes. is there, and we if we can choose to take it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had that conversation with friends many times lately about just like you really do make time for the things you care about, and um, I care about right now, specifically in this uncertain time reading the word and so lately I've just been spending a little bit of time every day reading the word a little bit because there's so much coming in as far as what's happening that I'm like I need to hear from God and I need to hear his word for our family and our life and us in particular because every family is going through something different but I want to hear his word for me today and so like something I've had I've been prioritizing That's and awesome. it's like, I love that be a lot of Anxiety, because yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I don't get anxious. Like I'm not an anxious person, but through this, like I'm not drinking, you know, I'm not doing some of the things I used to do in the past when I would feel like I didn't even, I didn't have an escape of some kind. And so right now I'm just like, I need it. I've been escaping into my Bible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's perfect right now. Yes. Well, uh, this conversation was yes. awesome. And I'm so glad that you joined me. Thank for you this. for having, having me. Lisa, I-
1: this is wonderful. Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah, Yes. of course, you have been one of my biggest cheerleaders and my biggest supporters. And so I just want to thank you. You like actually really inspired me to want to start this podcast because you were like, you know, just, just go do for it. it. You know, if you have this desire to do it, then just start. And so I'm like, you know what, I have a phone and that's it but i'm gonna just start i don't have all the equipment and right now i'm sitting in my garage because i didn't have service in my van but like i'm doing it you know your story needs to be heard that's right let's let's do (laughs) this. yeah your
1: story and your voice need to be heard right now you've you are what women are looking for right now so yes i i congratulate you and i know you're gonna rock it and it's i look forward to seeing what happens
0: Thank y'all so much for listening and I really hope that you take a little nugget away from this interview. I so enjoyed interviewing Kelly and I hope that you enjoyed the listen. So you guys stay healthy, have fun, enjoy this time with your family um, and maybe go clean out a closet or something. Thanks again. Chose this particular intro song. This song was written by The Hunts. Um, the Hunts are a family band, seven members. There's five brothers and two sisters. The sisters are twins um, and they range in age from like 21 to 33. Um, I went to the Wild and Free Conference. It's a homeschool conference in Frisco last year in February. And I saw them perform. They performed at the opening of every single part of the conference. It was amazing. They were so good, and their relationship was just so sweet, watching the way they interact with each other on stage. Their parents travel with them. They're their little roadies. They help them, you know, with the sound. And the mom and dad work the uh, booth where they sell their merch. Anyways, they were... uh, all homeschooled together and all traveled together and started this band together. Well, while I was watching them, they started singing this song, The Life Is Good, or Life Is Good, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this song so much. It's perfect because it's seriously, it just sounds like a theme song for my life because when I was little, I, growing up, I, you know, it was kind of a motto of mine, life is good and my dad loves to tell this story. There was a day, I guess it was rainy outside, and we were all laying, Um, me and Katie shared a bed and shared a room, (laughs) and my dad, you know, it was a Sunday morning, he crawled in the bed between us, and we were just laying there, chit-chatting, talking, and I guess it was just quiet, and we were laying there, and I said, Dad, I've never had the chicken pox, have I? And my dad said, No, I don't think you have. And I said, And I've never been stung by a bee and my dad said no I don't think you have Lisa and then a few seconds went by and I said life is good (laughs) my dad still cracks up whenever he tells that story it's his favorite story he told it at our wedding when he was um, marrying us and I don't know, I guess it just kind of has been a theme throughout my life that no matter what's going on, no matter what I face, um, sure, there are hard times, there are down times, but through most of the seasons in my life, I have been able to proclaim that God is good and life is good.